We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It's your True Faith Newcastle United podcast. It's Alex Hurst, Adam Woodrington, and Charlotte Robson in our office in Gosforth to talk about Newcastle United nil, Burnley nil. Another point for the Mags and Steve Bruce on the march towards forty points, <laughs> but but not everyone, not everyone is satisfied with Newcastle's display, despite uh, a change in formation, a change of style, and probably a, a better, well, definitely in my opinion, a, a much better performance than we saw at Crystal Palace last week. Not that that was difficult. Adam, you were at the game in your East Stand seat. How did you say it? I just don't want to get too excited over uh, a slightly better attacking display. Like when, when Steve Bruce sets the bar so low, when we're fed scraps and crumbs, like a course when we're starved, of course we're going to get excited over like the tiniest morsel of food, you know what I mean? It's This is what this is. It wasn't necessary. Yet, was it better than we've seen before? Yeah, a bit, but it was really utterly shite before. Why is it taking him 28 games to suddenly decide to change it up? It's, it's, it's really frustrating. Yesterday, just, I left the house knowing that we wouldn't be scoring. That was the worst thing about yesterday. The scoreline... It was horribly predictable. Most people had it nailed on. At best, might have been a 1-0 either way. But it was always going to be a, an under one and a half goals situation. It was, yeah, there was a couple of decent attacks. But when you have that many shots, again, Steve Bruce's point of the, you know, the amount of shots, it doesn't matter the, the amount of shots. It's about the quality of, sh- of, of chances created, which, again, was, was very, very poor, very, very lacking. I just think we did, you know, I, I think the shape was better. Slightly, but it's just not good enough. We we, we can't, Why can't we score at home? Why can't we win games at home against teams that we really, really should be be beaten? Burnley did not come up to win that football match. They didn't, and you could see the you know Sean Dyche's comments after the game says says as much. You know, it's a tough place to come. You know, you know basically just both managers praising each other. So you just get into a little bit of an impression, but then <laughs> <laughs> yeah. he had his hands on his hips. <laughs> <laughs> but um, it, it's just I, I don't want to congratulate him for yesterday because we're, we only we only perceive that as a, as a as a better display because the past two months have been fucking awful. Like it's 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 Steve Bruce's fault that we are buzzing over the fact that we've had a couple of coherent attacks in a, in a football match. That's that's bare minimum for me. What we. Absolute bare minimum. It's nothing to congratulate yourself about. It's nothing to pat yourself on the back about. We need to win football matches. And for some reason, Steve Bruce seems absolutely incapable of doing that. I don't think we, like... So, I agree. I think we should be... Um, I think we should be... This is the bare minimum. The last two games in particular have been absolutely dire. But... I don't think it's like a congratulate, like I'm not congratulating us or congratulating Steve Bruce or being like that brilliant. We are there now. It's just, it's, but you have to take yesterday as a positive. It was a better performance. And if we can build on that and build on that, then, then that's, that can only be a positive thing, can't it? Well, I guess it's this whole, you know, it's just another, I just know how he's going to use this formation change for future excuses over the next sort of month. It'd be like, well, we've only just changed formation and, you know, we've got to get used to it. And it's just like, it's just, it's another thing. It's another, why didn't he make these, why didn't he change his formation earlier? 
I why, think because uh, why suddenly have of his or his players apparently able to play a different position and in a different way when he threw them under the bus a couple of months ago saying that they were brainwashed by the previous management and they could only play one way well he's changed it like why does he suddenly believe that they're capable now is it because he was talking bollocks before or was it what is it <laughs> maybe maybe it's just the the players that he's got fitter now look i'm not here to like i'm not waving a, a steve bruce flag like, I don't I, have one nobody can see this because it's in audio format but Charlotte is waving a Steve Bruce flag right now. I don't have a Steve Bruce flag. Um, But, you know, maybe it's the case that it had to get really really bad before. It's like a confidence thing. I don't think he thought that he could put our players into a 4-4-2 or 4-3-2 or whatever, however we started and then ended up yesterday. I think he wasn't confident in that and then it had to give because we were so bad against Arsenal and against Palace so I think it's just a desperation thing isn't it but it it, 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 it worked better yesterday so I'm I'm not I'm not you know I just, despairing into, like I, I agree with you the last sort of couple of games have been awful but I, I kind of think we've been as we've pretty much played the same way all season we've never even the games that we've won even the good draws that we've had in terms of um, good displays, the only really good displays that we've had have been, to speak of this season, on the whole, have been defensive displays, which is great. Mm-hmm. Which is great. But then a lot of those are almost like one-man defensive displays when we're talking about Martin Duke Bravka. Which we should be. Yeah, your mate. Um, <laughs> but in terms of attack, you know, this attacking football that Steve Bruce promised in the summer, he said he was happy with the strike force in January. He didn't want any. He didn't want any strikers. This is what he said. Yeah. Well, that is. That, I, I, I can think of. I can think of maybe one league uh, performance where we we where it was free flowing attack, and it was probably in a way to West Ham. We were, we were rampant, mm-hmm. and that was probably for like for the first hour, and then and we gave it away, and then we and then we nearly <laughs> gave it away. But I, you know, I still take that as a, as a oh yeah, that was superb win. We so never, much better. We usually never. I always expect to go to West Ham away and never actually get anything. So mm-hmm. to get, to, to, but the way that we played in that first half was sensational. We, we, they couldn't do any. They couldn't stop us. Mm-hmm. They couldn't stop us. But I'm struggling to to think of another coherent, just attacking display, a competent attacking display all season. And this is from the manager. Who wanted to be a lot more attacking and less pragmatic than than his predecessor? So, I'm I'm still waiting for Steve Bruce to deliver this. And do we? Is it just excuse after excuse after excuse? Like I'm I'm holding him him up to his own standards here. Yeah, no, this is I, what he wanted. And he and you said after the game, that it's 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 closer to what I what I wanted, um, to 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 have this to the way that he wanted to have this team play. But mm-hmm. so what's what's he been doing the last two months? If he, if that's what he wanted, why hasn't he? Why has he only just changed it now? He had like he had opportunities in the FA Cup, for example, and mm-hmm. against inferior opposition to play the way that he wanted to play. Why didn't he? It, it, it's just it for me. It's sort of he just contradicts himself all the time, and and, and that's part of what yeah I, why I struggled in, to have him endear himself to me because he, what he says just infuriates me, and then it, it just doesn't marry up for what I'm actually seeing with my own eyes on the pitch. I think. Like the context is important, mm. in, and we could all be answering different questions here. <laughs> yeah. So, like, is Steve Bruce the right man for Newcastle United to take the the club forward from 40, 43, 44 points? Which, by the way, we are currently on four right now. If we pick up the same number of points per game at the end of the season, we'll have us on forty three points or forty four points. Is he the right man to, to to kick the club on into the top half of the Premier League and look towards Europe, which would be the natural progression after two years of consolidation? in the league no in my opinion from everything we've seen so far but but I'm impressed because we were so bad against Palace Knight you correctly said Charlotte it's not just that one game against Palace that was rock bottom for me I walked out of that game even though I was in London to see it 10 minutes early because <laughs> because it was like what am I what am I doing here they've gone to Arsenal been battered and just just went more of the same lads and it, and it wasn't it wasn't good enough was yesterday good enough for Newcastle United who are in their third season of the Premier League who've spent considerable money in the summer just gone and have got a decent pool of players there and, and most players fit no probably not but am I impressed that Steve Bruce 27 games into a season has had to hit the like self-destruct button and th- think even though I've like you say Adam I've publicly said the players can't change formation he's had to take the almost the humiliation potentially of a massive system change at the end of a Premier League season, and it went all right. 
and it went all right in the context of Burnley on the back of five games unbeaten, four wins out of five, won the last two away games, and Burnley are poor. I mean, me and mm-hmm. Charlotte with the away game, Burnley are the, the, like one of the worst teams I've seen this season, find themselves ninth in the Premier League, but Burnley were poor. But I, do, I think Burnley were poor because we created them problems, and yes, our finishing in, in the box. I mean, if, if Matt Ritchie... Um, and Miguel Almiron fancied using their other foot. Could have won that game. <laughs> but but um, it, it could have been a lot worse yesterday. And I said this last week. I said I'd have rather gone in that game yesterday and lost and seen some sort of intent to win the game mm. than than play f- play five at the back again, give them 80% of the ball and just rely on Dubravka to pull off save after save. The worst game of the season for me out of everything was actually Norwich. Because Norwich are so bad, and yes, they're making a fist of it, and yes, they beat Leicester, but Norwich are so bad, um, particularly away from home, and we went into that game, and there was no, there was no like, this is what Norwich are, this is how we're going to beat them. It was just more of the same. And at least yesterday, and it is the term at least is very applicable here. At least it was like we're going to get men ahead of the ball, we're going to get players in the box, we're going to try and get the ball in, and that that that's so why I'm not making an argument that that's good enough. Definitely not, but God, it was an improvement from last week. And if they can continue to improve, we'll be okay. Bear in mind in that yesterday you had Javier Minkio, not much fit, I don't think. John Joe Shelby, not much fit. Dwight Gale, not much fit. Maybe even Matt Ritchie, a little bit off the pace because he's been out for a long time. He's hardly played since he came back, mm-hmm. certainly in a more advanced position. If those players continue to, to, to regain fitness and confidence, throw a fit um, St. Maximan into the mix then I'd think, you know, when we'll play Villa at home in a couple of weeks and we'll go to Bournemouth and we'll go to Watford and we'll play Sheffield United at home, I'd think, you know what, we're probably going to pick up a couple of wins in those games playing like that. The big the big problem will be, because whatever happens now, the manager's got a problem, just say it goes really well. And I don't think it will, but just say we'll win four games or something or we'll comfortably get to that 44 points, which I think there's a lot of fans now definitely would say it's more likely would be relegated than pick up 44 points. He still looks silly because he spent the whole fucking season saying we can't do something. That actually, we can. Um, you spent the whole season saying that it's the players, it's the players, it's the players. Well, actually, you made the players in March, essentially, in a Premier League season, try something totally out of their comfort zone. And I think they dealt with it pretty well. And whilst Burnley aren't a great side, then they're, they're certainly not one of the worst sides in the league. And I think, I think you're right, Adam. I'd say West Ham... And Bournemouth at home with only games this season. They back to back, by the way. Yeah, mm-hmm. with the only games this season where I've come away from any Castle game thinking we deserve that. And yesterday we deserve to win. Doesn't mean that, and this is the problem that we we'll get sucked into every single season, isn't it? Even with the previous manager, you end up seeing survival, and you end up seeing forty-four points as some sort of like massive positive because you get sucked into the whole relegation narrative and then the pressure of that and the, and the the fear of looking down and it's like oh Watford won yesterday and all that kind of stuff it's a natural reaction a bit to kind of breathe out or exhale when you do survive when in fact and, and it's the same for last season as well last season was mostly dreadful mostly same with the season before that same with the last season in the Premier League and the season before that and the season before that our season our seasons for at least half of the past well every single Premier League season since 11-12, and we're getting on for 10 years since then, every, for half a season, every single season of the Premier League, we have been a dreadful football team. Dreadful. And that's why that's why you saw um, a, a supposed sold-out crowd yesterday with 10,000 free tickets and empty seats dotted all over the ground. I had four spare tickets amongst me and my mates yesterday. Four. I couldn't give them away. I had one as well. Um, just to get back... Do you know what it is, Alex? What, you, what you're talking about. I'm usually with you. I usually echo everything that you've just said there. I'm usually like the optimist. I usually look for, you know, if you look at things sort of pragmatically and sort of with a, with a reasoned head on, then like, yeah, I would be able to pick positives out of yesterday all over the shop, but you know what it is? I'm just, I'm weary. I'm tired. And it's because he talks himself into these situations. Like you say, it would, if he's successful over the next few games because of this formation change, like you say, he's almost battling with the fact that it's almost embarrassing because he's, by succeeding, he's proven himself wrong, and it's 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 such a weird sort of paradigm to be in. It, it's it's what he says that annoys me, and it's 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 how he conducts himself and how he's blamed the players. He, he never he never implicates himself, and like today, like the result yesterday, his 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 comments after the game, he was saying, you know, he's he's painted positive. He's like, it's a 
it's another point against a very good side, you know, all this kind of stuff. And it's, he's congratulating himself when it's, when it's, a, when it's a point. But if it was a defeat, which it could have easily been, it could have easily, I know that we dominated, but they have the, they have the only clear cut chance in the entire game, statistically speaking. Had Chris Wood, for example, who I, I think is a terrific player, I would, in, in, the way we play, we're missing a, we're missing a, a player like Chris Wood. Uh, oh, I, yeah, rate, I really be. rate him. Rafa Benitez wanted to sign him. Did he? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, that doesn't surprise me. So yesterday, you see Dwight McNeil, who's like one of the best players, get one opportunity on the left-hand side. He whips a perfect... Like, the quality was just perfect. Chris Wood gets his head to it. This is when he's come on as a substitute. And it goes wide. And do you know what? On another day, Chris Wood powers that into the back of the net and we lose. And yeah, it, it's all ifs and buts and maybes. I appreciate that. You could, you could use that argument... Just, you know, we were close to scoring many, many a time. But I'm just saying, if Matt Richard uses other foot, like, or, it, yeah, it, doesn't hit the post, or yeah. yeah, like, would Bruce's comments have been the same had we just conceded that one chance, or would he have thrown some players under the bus again? So it's like he, it's. It, I feel like you know, you're you know getting I mean? yourself upset about stuff that's not happened or isn't <laughs> happening. Yeah. Like you're, you're 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 hypothesizing what Steve Bruce might say in the event that Burnley won, but Burnley didn't win. Any any his comments or his comments? I th- yeah, I get that. I think he's just for me. He's talked shite all season, and I'm just I'm just I'm sick of it. He, he, even if he does the right things from now, it's gonna be, it's gonna be so hard for him to endear himself to me because. Because he talks himself in these positions, he's blaming everybody else but himself. But he's happy to take the credit when he thinks something's gone positive. It, it, it's it, it's frustrating, and it, it I, I don't know. It just it just irks the shit out of me, Charlotte. That's okay. I just I just don't know what the point is in but, getting but, but, so but look, upset. But look, you, you mentioned last season, Alex, in terms of like attacking performances. Yeah, like you know, it, you're absolutely right. But then you know the way that we turned over sort of Southampton towards the end of last season and Fulham. Can you see Steve Bruce? leading this team to performances similar to that between now and the end like, of the season? Yes and well, no, no is probably the easy answer. <laughs> but, but, but. And I, I get it. I get where you're both coming from because I'm, you know, the things that Steve Bruce have really said have really annoyed me as well, but I'm far more concerned about what happens on the pitch rather than what he says. But, you know, what he says obviously has an influence on what happens on the pitch because it's his explanation for it. However... I just, I just think I saw enough yesterday. Burnley are a really defensively sound team, and we're really worried them. And, it, and there are frustrations from yesterday. Besides the fact that we didn't really look like scoring despite dominating the game, there are there are there are positives in in, in the fact that you know Miguel Almiron looks like s- such a dangerous player. Just played up front or in a number ten role, mm. so dangerous that you could tell he was the one player on the pitch. Even when Sir Maxman came on. They were they were really worried about Almiron. Like you could tell when Sir Maximan came on, he got the ball like once or twice on the left, and yeah, they sent three players over. Yeah. But there wasn't that kind of fear that ran through the team. Whereas when Sir Maximan turns on the ball uh, in the middle of the pitch, in the middle of their half, and runs at them, they're worried. And you just you have to wonder about the coaching because I think if if the previous manager had been here or had a different manager, or, you know, he should have been coached to just to just knock the ball past. You know, defenders. He did it at the end. Against and Taylor, it, it, yeah, that, yeah. That's what he needs to do more of. So, to me, to see that, I haven't been excited by a player do that all season. Maybe St. Maximan. So, there are there are little. To answer the original question, can you see us going on improvement? And, and you're right. When you look at last season, the season before, the one thing that we've been able to hold our hat on is improvements. And after 17 18, yeah, we got much worse. But then the owner took out thirty million pounds of the club's money to pay, to repay his loan. Blah blah blah. So there was always a, a reason and a caveat for that, but. I th- I will be much happier if I if I mean let let's face it, this is football. This is Newcastle United. The same as every other team, there are games to play, and you'll be judged on the performances and the results of those games starting very quickly on Tuesday at West Brom. So we go to West Brom on Tuesday, and the player, in fact, fuck it. Even if we play really well and they beat us, then the shit will hit the fan because there's going to be five thousand fans there, and it, and I think it'll turn quite nasty towards the manager. Quite probably quite rightly because it's a third lower league team in a row in a cup competition and whilst West Brom are a good championship side Wigan when they yesterday won we are a million miles away from Wigan and we should beat them 5-0 if we play them do you know what I mean so he will be judged on 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 any kind of improvements when you say we could have lost yesterday and yes like any game if one player does this or that you know etc etc we could have lost I think I'd probably still feel the same and it would be much worse because we'd be four points above the relegation zone ahead of five 
and I appreciate there are people listening to this who think, well, you know, finishing 17th or 18th, what's the point? The club's still fucked long term. That is a view that, as long as the owner's here, that is a view that a lot of fans have. Um, personally, you know, do I want to stay in the Premier League? Of course. Do I want to see us finish as high up the league as possible? Of course. And I think now, I don't want to go into next season, and I think they will go into next season, finishing 16th, 17th, and with Steve Bruce still in charge. I, I don't see what the point would be, apart from saving face for both him and the people that appointed him. So I'm looking for positives, and against, you know, Oxford at home, uh, Norwich, even Everton away, really, um, there were none, zero, Palace, zero positives, at least there were some yesterday, and I think, you know, he's made some good calls there, I thought it was really strange that he started with Javier Mankio, not kicked a ball since New Year's Day, three months, he brings him back in, again he's got Yedlin, Um, but it was the right call, because Mankio had a good game, I thought, and, 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 and handled... The, the players he had to handle down those flanks really well, actually, McNeil being one of them. So I thought Danny Rose was much better yeah. and, and, and clearly more suited to a natural left-back role. Still not great, by the way. And that's, to everyone listening to this and for you guys here, that's the thing that we have to try and come to a, some sort of like conclusion on in terms of, yes, analysing yesterday's game to me was okay was still frustrating and it was still a really poor game and there was still like so much room for improvement it's untrue but god it was better than what we've seen recently yeah it's like what adam said at at the beginning of this podcast it's the bar is so low that yesterday was like okay (laughs) it wasn't great but it was okay and i and i don't feel as despondent about it as i did like after palace so despite my rant, I can pick out positives. I absolutely agree with you about Almiron. I think he's more effective in a central channel, 100%. Because he looks, he, he looks, he's hungry, for, he comes looking for the ball, he comes deep looking for the ball. And that, does, that doesn't matter that he becomes deep because he can travel with it. And he, like you say, he's a constant threat. And you know that a chance where he, he sort of nutmegged the defender in the first half couldn't get that power behind, you know, he seems to just he should have kept. He should have kept going. Mm. That was there. He didn't have to shoot through the defenders. Keep going, and, and he will go to ground. Now, he might get the ball. He might go for a corner. But he he will go to ground to try and stop you there. And you're either going to win a penalty, get the shot off and score, or force keep to save. He took the worst option, in my opinion. Yeah, true. And, um, you know, and I remember in the, I believe it was the first half as well, I think Joel Linton knocks it down. Quite a difficult ball. And it was kind of an awkward bounce. Maybe it was like a high one. And Almond's first touch was really good. And then he... He did this turn, which basically took out yeah. two midfielders. Things like that, like you say, what you, you alluded to, you know, this this magic that he's got and this sort of growing confidence that he's got. This his his authority in the team is growing. You know, he, he clearly had that at Atlanta, and it, he was like one of the main, you know, the, the focal points of that entire team. Whereas, you know, he's having to he's slowly having to bed in here. But I, I, I've said this before, but he does seem to be growing in confidence that he he can be the player to make things happen. He can be the player to start pulling strings and to, you know create something out of nothing. I think you can see that throughout the game as well. Like he does like by the end of the game yesterday, like his confidence was yeah, much I mean, higher. You can see it literally happening as the game as the 90 minutes progress. As as Alex alluded to before, he, he like just knocked it past yeah, Charlie Taylor, yeah, exactly. for example and like just he was le- he was left for dead. He was absolutely left for dead and, and obviously he's got a proclivity to only use his left foot which which hampers him a bit. Um, but yeah, I thought Joe Linton looked a lot more assured in, in, as to what he was supposed to be doing on that left-hand side. He was industrious. He tackled a lot. Mm-hmm. He, he, he got a lot of. There was a lot. I think he got like eight ball recoveries yesterday, which is which is like one of the best of you know in terms of defensive displays. Like that's he worked hard for the team, and he was he was used again. He was he was sort of used as a target man across the left-hand side because. We still continue to pump balls long. Um, we played slightly different yesterday because of that the Shelby Gale connection, and there was a few times Shelby tried to, you know, it's like getting the championship band back together. Shelby tried mm-hmm. to try to find uh, Dwight sort of just you know in over the top, which was you know it, he can't well, win those though. He's too little. It's it's, it's funny. You say, I am actually imp- I'm actually surprised and impressed by. Dwight Gill's <laughs> jumping reach. Oh, it's brilliant. It's, it's yeah. ridiculous. He did win a couple of headers that I thought he had absolutely no right to win. But <laughs> as much as in terms of creating anything meaningfully in an attacking sense, Joe Linton yesterday, I felt 
he, like I say, he looked, he seemed to have more conviction. He seemed to know what he was supposed to be doing. Nice little layoffs. If he lost the ball, he'd run back and he'd win it back. He did that a couple of times, actually, which I thought was pretty good. And, you know, nobody was on his back yesterday because he was, he looked, he looked, he was trying and maybe it was just simply because he was more comfortable in his skin playing in a more natural position. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I thought they were impressive. I thought Jamal Lascelles was really impressive yesterday. I believe he was sort of like marshalling Vidra, who... Fernandez was good on Vidra as well. Yeah. Really good. I think I just saw a kind of good... It was just He just marshalled defence well, and obviously switching from a three to a two, that's going to have implications. We absolutely don't have a, a you know ball-playing centre-back with, 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 with the two of them, but yeah, I think, um, I think Jamal Lascelles was really composed... And, yeah, Fernandez got a, a couple of very, very important tackles in as well. So is it fair to say that you've just talked yourself into thinking that was one of our best <laughs> No, 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 not at all. Because it, my, my problem comes with the inability to, to, to finish. Like, mm-hmm. defensively, we did exactly what we needed to do yesterday. And it's the kind of thing that Burnley came up to either score by set pieces mm-hmm. and through, you know, maybe Vidra sort of, Chasing down, high pressing, hoping that we make a mistake, and that you know, you know, there's a couple of, couple of nearly hairy moments where, um, well, nearly- the the Danny Rose back pass when the flag went up, but they played on, so that that goal would have been given, which I presume is this one. Goal that was, is that chance. the Jay Rodriguez where he smashed yeah. it over the bar? Yeah, yeah. I think that would have been a goal. Yeah, because Danny Rose passed the ball back, and the referee raised his flag, but they continued playing. Um, yeah, I didn't understand that. Yeah. I didn't understand how he was deemed as being onside still. I, 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 that probably would have been called back if it gone to VAR, surely. I think they would have given the goal because D- Danny Rose kicks the ball. I think the, the linesman probably couldn't see. Sorry, I meant, yeah, so, uh, sorry, I meant that had he put it in, yeah. but the linesman had his flag. Yeah, that that would, like, same as John Joe Shelby at Sheffield United. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But I suppose, you know, uh, yeah, yeah, but like we're all, we're all right. Inclusive podcast here. <laughs> That's yeah. Like in in the con in the, in the wider context of what Newcastle United supposed to be yesterday was dreadful, but in in terms of how bad it's been recently, it was a vast improvement. Whether it was a big enough improvement, and and like I said, you know, Burnley have won the last two away games. Burnley shouldn't be the standard for Newcastle United to think. Oh well, we did all right against Burnley. But you, you then can't escape the fact that they were the form team coming into this game. And they were, they were popping the ball off relatively nicely in the first half. Rodriguez and Vidra, that partnership which has torn other teams apart. You could see that there was a bit of chemistry there. And I totally agree with you, Adam, that defensively was, was probably, the, even though we were far more attacking yesterday without really producing much, that was probably the whole idea that we just can't play, you know, we just can't play two at the back by the manager has been blown out of the water. To be a little bit negative, one of the issues we we'll then have is that we went, we went, we started four two three one yesterday, and then we quickly and right, quite rightly again for the manager went four four two pretty much a four four one one with Alma running behind. That's because we were playing against a team that plays four four two. To my mind, apart from maybe Liverpool ish, I don't really know a another team in the league that plays four four two. So. When we go to West Brom on Tuesday, but definitely when we go to Southampton next week, they're going to have an extra man in midfield, and that's going to be a, a totally different tactical problem for the manager to face. And whether he sticks with this or, you know, does he have the ability to to do something different? Time will tell. Yeah, it's a creativity question. It, a lot of people saying that we had to change formation for Burnley. Is it? Listening to that, and then and then is he just going to be like, well, that seemed to be okay, so we'll keep going yeah. with that, and actually not looking at our opposition and looking forward to what people, how people are going to set up. It, it, is he going to approach it with some creative creativity? I'm slightly more skeptical of that, but we'll see. The thing is, like he, he talked about how many shots that we had yesterday, but we had to, you know we had 21 shots. We only we still only had four on target, like. Matt Ritchie, will, this will surprise you to, to hear, might not, but Matt Ritchie had seven shots like yesterday. Oh, not, not a single one on target. Obviously, he, got, he, hit, yeah, he hit the post and put one just wide. Yeah, that, 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 that long range one was, yeah. was, was excellent, I thought. But He should score like, with the header, by the way. He should score with that header. I, I think their keeper, Nick Pope, is, is 
he does one of those things where he just pretends it was always going wide. That's on target inside the post. Keeper's not getting there. Mm-hmm. So Richie could have had a hat trick yesterday, really. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like against Everton at home, we had 20 shots. Yeah. 25 of them on target. Like it, it's, it's, this, it's this ratio that it's not only getting shots on target, it's about creating meaningful chances. It's the quality over quantity. Like yesterday, great, we had 21 shots, but half of them were from outside the box. To be fair, though, I'd say both of those games there against Everton and Burnley again, who aren't amongst the worst teams in the league, could have won either of those games. Could argue we, we might have deserved... I mean, Everton was a bit of a funny one because we played really well at 1-0 down and 1-1 and then were terrible at 0-1 and... Nil, nil, sorry, 0-0 nil, nil and 2-1 and down. But, I mean, I'm, I'm pleased you brought up Richie there because he's one of the players I want to talk about. He's kind of long been written off by, by myself as well as a player who's not quick enough to play a more advanced role. But what, what we saw yesterday was, A... Um, his willingness and his drive to get forwards kind of pulls the team up. Uh, but also, I mean, there was a time in the first half where he was just running into people on purpose. And just like, <laughs> the Burnley players were getting really annoyed with it and going to the referee, like, he's literally just running into her. Like, there's no attempt to play the ball. He's just running into her, like, to, to, to do damage. That seemed to get people going a little it bit. Was, it was Ch- Charlie Taylor was really, really annoyed by him, I think. And really, really I like hard. that a lot. Because yes. he left a couple in on him, yeah. And, and that's what we probably haven't had. What what most impressed me about Rich, Richie yesterday is his ability to link the play with the forward player. So Almiron, in particular, 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 mm-hmm. would be, you know, when, when everyone was running forwards or Richie was running forwards, Al, Almiron would have the sense to drop into the space and Richie would find him like that first time ball to feet. Brilliant. We do, I've not really seen that this season from any of the other players, like players passing to each other or passing the ball forwards to another Newcastle player in the same half, in the opposition half of the pitch. It doesn't happen. Yeah. And I was really impressed. I don't know how you used to saw his performance. Yeah, I was as well. I think he's got a lot of character um, and he wants it. You could see that yesterday. Um, I was going to make the point that whilst we did, you know, have a lot more of an attacking um, threat, mm, can we call it that? I don't think so. Yesterday, I was still really frustrated that we don't push the ball forward at all. I said this to Alex in the car, so sorry, Alex, you've heard me say this. But, like, we'll get the ball, and it just... And there's space, and there is time, and it just goes back to Lascelles, or it goes back to Dubravka, like, so much yesterday. And I was like, just try. Just try and push it forward. Is it... I don't know if it's because we don't have the confidence in our front, you know, front three players that it's not going to get there or, or they're not going to like be able to do anything with it. So we just push it back and try a long ball. I don't know, but it was really frustrating me yesterday, especially the way we were set up. So what surprised me yesterday is that we didn't see Bentleb at all because that's, whereas Shelby would play sort of balls in the air, mm. basically forward, Bentleb likes to play them forward on the ground. Like he likes to find forwards who are looking to show, who are showing for the ball and he'll try and break those lines and Bentleb's really, really good at that. So I was, I would have liked to have, I would have liked to have seen Bentleb at some point yesterday, when you know we, we were still struggling to break them down because we just needed a bit more incisive passing. Going back to Richie, yeah, I thought he'd, he, well, he, he did sort of frustrate me in the first, in the first fifteen twenty minutes because he kept giving free kicks away on that on that near side, and it was almost like, well, maybe he was told to break up play, maybe he was told to give away a couple of cheap fouls. Yeah. That, that, but, that could have been the yeah. case. But how did Bernie score their goals? Yeah, 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 yeah exactly. And, but it was kind of like, is he, is he, is he, is he, is he conceding free kicks because he hasn't got the legs and people are getting past him easily? I'm always, I'm always concerned when, particularly now because it was, you know, a while back, a couple of uh, Burnley aways ago when he first played. Left back and left wing back, and he barely played in an attacking sense since. So, I and I, I questioned his ability to be able to play that position as he sort of you know is you know, becoming older, I guess, and his legs were sort of not there. But yeah, absolutely has the character, and he and he does have that drive. But I, I do think while he, I, I think he was a fairly dangerous player yesterday, I would have I would have kept Joel Linton on, and I would have taken Richie off for Sam Maximan because. I saw Joel Linton as a means of playing long ball, which we lo- we love to play. We love to play long ball, but when Joel Linton went off, we suddenly had just a really diminutive front line, which against a Burnley defence is. However, laughable. I think the last fifteen minutes of the game was our best spell in, ter- yeah. in terms of the number of shots we had, in terms of the 
there weren't chances because it didn't turn into chances, but realistic goal scoring opportunities that were created. I, I think I disagree with you slightly on on Joe Linton because okay. I agree with you that I think he, he was. I mean, he could, again, he could not have gotten much worse than last week against Palace, <laughs> where he was fucking awful. But he did, so, and, and particularly defensively, he does the hard work and he puts the effort in, and you know, he has a really good touch, so he can, he can the ball can be fizzed into him, and he'll take control quite easily. Protects, where, whereas, Al, quite yeah, well, yeah. whereas Almiron, you know, you saw kind of at the end where you know there was a ball played across by some Maximan and his touch just lost the chance of it. It might have been the Richie shot. But um I just I just think that there is simply no question in my mind that Richie, even Lazaro and ASM are the or the, the three wingers and then Joe Linton comes in. I do take your point about the long balls and stuff. And and Gale does do his his best and and probably wins more than Joe Linton and from a central position in the air, but not very much still. But I just think this this is concerning. I want to talk about anyway. I just think with Joe Linton now the conversation is like it's almost farcical that it's like he didn't contribute remotely in an attacking sense yesterday. And 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 you're right, it's better, and that like it's better than what we've seen from him. <laughs> and in this this forty million price tag, and there are lots of people who who think it's a big swindle and he didn't cost anywhere near that and it's PR. But as um, Chris Woff from The Athletics said in one of his pieces, and I saw someone else mention this on Twitter today, Offenheim, yeah, yeah, the other club have confirmed really, that yeah, yeah. He, we paid more than... Their, their biggest fee incoming was more than Firmino, went to Liverpool, which is just demoralising, isn't yeah, it, when you God. compare the two players? <laughs> but so, so we did cost that much money. Oh, it damn. raises real questions about... The recruitment process in Newcastle, and it's it's quite scary that we've been doing this podcast. I think it's our fifth season, fourth, fifth season, and I remember having conversations with the lads in 2015, saying, "How did Graham Carr ever think Remy Cabello would be good enough for the Premier League? And who's Graham Carr? And yes, there's been some good ones, and now it seems seems to be this Steve Nixon or Nicholson. I forget which. I forget his Nixon. name. It's Nixon. Yeah. Nixon, Nixon bloke, like." Should, and I don't know anything about him. And I don't know. I'm I'm being presumptuous here that he scouted and said Julian was worth forty million. But I think it's a fairly safe assumption. It's almost like, like how could you ever trust what he ever says again about a player? He player, you know, scouts, managers. You get players wrong. You do, every single manager or or head head of football or whatever has got players wrong. It happens. It's not an exact science, but Jesus Christ, for a club like Newcastle to pay 40 million quid or up towards 40 million quid for a footballer and then be this bad, surely you would just never let them near the whole process again. That's it. No, it's a fair point. Like like you say, had it been another because Graham Carr in in fact the the whole concept of scouting and and transferring in nobody actually knows how players are going to Players are going to perform in a different team, let alone a different league, or def- let alone a different country. Like there's, there, there's so many variables. You don't know how they're going to settle. You don't know how, you know, had Almiron scored on his debut when it hit the post, like what would his trajectory have been like? It could have been completely different. It's, it's all ifs and buts. And, and yeah, Graham Carr got some excellent ones in. He bought some shite as well. Alex Ferguson bought Bebe. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, <laughs> like players buy shit. Not, not most trans... You know, I'd love to see what kind of sort of percentage like your transfers people actually think are successful. Um, but this it, has it, to be on another level. Like it's but, 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 so bad. That, that's it. But when it's your mark, when it's a marquee signing, when it's your transfer, you're breaking your transfer record like by double. Mm-hmm. Like you got to be pretty fucking sure that they're going to be. You know, they're going to hit the ground running, or at least you buy them for the role that they're supposed to be bought for that this is the big this this is this is why it's baffling because we spend that much on a player that is sort of okay in his natural position but has been played out of position all season like that's so fucked up and and yet we ha- the line from the management is that they're happy with the but squad they're happy was, with the yeah, strikers he wasn't even okay cuz seriously though yeah. like he wasn't even okay like Compare the impact of St. Maximan in the same position and Matt Ritchie in the side, compare their attack and impact on the game compared to Joe Linton. I do agree he was better and he did some positive things, but but really it's it's the it's the most four out of ten performance. It's, it's the context thing again. It's it's this game was better, so we're happier. He played better. But the bar is so low. I'm praising Joe Linton for knowing what he was supposed to be doing <laughs> for once. Like that is ridiculous. 
Bare oh, minimum, bare minimum for a footballer, yeah. for a professional athlete. <laughs> Charlotte, just to go back to your point really quickly about going backwards, the, the crowd really didn't like it yesterday. And there's oh my there's, god, there's one there's one player who you know I, I was desperate for him to come back in yesterday, um, Isaac Hayden. And you know what? He didn't he didn't do anything particularly wrong. But again, he doesn't do anything right. And like you say, he's an intelligent football and, and seemingly you know i'm sure he is an intelligent person and you know if, if you're under pressure you'd be impressed which by the way if we're going to maintain with this formation if if i'm sheffield united next home game if i'm southampton press the fuck out of us because like and bernie didn't do that yesterday really that would be interesting to see how we'll cope with that because that that by the way creates opportunities for us because it leaves space in behind and john joe shelby which we might talk about a little bit becomes even more important than i think he already is but hayden when he's under no real pressure and he looks forward and there's not much on to go back to like you said to jamal lascelles or one of the defenders and and expect them to have to deal with it. Yeah. And they go back to Martin Dubrovka. Then we'll kick it long. And this, by the way, it was it was it was Bent Eleven Longstaff as well at Palace doing the same thing. At least John Joe with Dwight Gale like you said at him. At least when they try that run forward, you might get a throw in, you might get a free kick, it might work. We know by going back to the goalkeeper <laughs> we're not gonna score a goal or we're not gonna create a chance. So it's yeah, it really, really grated on me yesterday. And he's been doing it all season. Charlotte, though you you were at the game yesterday and you wanted to talk about the crowd in in general. Yeah, I actually text I texted Alex halfway through the game. I was like, on the podcast tomorrow, I've got to talk about the atmosphere or lack of. I I was in the East Stand. I was not that far from you, Adam, but I couldn't see. Um, I was in the East Stand, and I don't know. It's sometimes that is a little bit quieter could anyway you, could, could you not use your dad's binoculars to find me my, da- my, my, dad takes, <laughs> my dad takes binoculars to the game we were really close to the pitch and he had them out for most of the game <laughs> absolutely love that what a lad what a lad they they go the case like hooks onto his belt <laughs> um <laughs> oh y'all think we're making fun of him we're not i love it um yeah i just i've been obviously to a lot of games at st james's park and that atmosphere yesterday was probably the worst I've ever experienced. I don't. I, did, I heard one in the second half, one like smattering of who's that team we call United, or I think it was that. Um, and then and then like nothing. There was no singing. I didn't hear singing from a corner. I didn't hear like no criticisms for pe- if people just can't be asked if they're not. Beha- like you know, I, I you, I'm not I'm not saying like everyone was shite like I don't that's not what I think I just I was really just like wow it's quiet here and you could hear people chatting and like Burnley <laughs> fans were really really loud throughout the game and I've not been at St James Park I'm sure it's happened and I've not been to every game ever but I've not been to St James's Park where the away fans sing is this a library and and nobody like sings back or anything like that it was just it was so quiet I guess it's a communal decision, isn't it? Really? Yeah. It's like, you know, that's, that's a lot of people deciding that they just can't be asked or they're just not inspired by what they're saying. Yeah. And, and Alex and I were discussing it as well. And, and, you know, sometimes you get this sort of like anti Ashley sentiment and, and people getting like angry if the performance isn't that good. But it just, it honestly just felt like people were like, I'm here, but I'm, you know, whatever. I don't really care. And I was sat next on my row, there were two Burnley fans and there were like four. They were wearing Burnley hats and um, four Scottish men who had come down from Glasgow just because they like going to Premier League games. And they were probably... Not anymore. Yeah, they were like (laughs) louder than anybody who, you know, they weren't Newcastle fans. They kept shouting that a Maximan came on and they were like, it's Shearer. I was like, that is not... That's not the case. Um, <laughs> um, Were they drunk, Charlotte? Oh, one hundred percent. But yeah, like it just—it was just a surprise for me. I've just not, and I go to a lot of the away games, as you know, and and away crowds are so different to home crowds. Anyway, they're so much. They're like really like hardcore, like galvanized, like usually quite drunk, <laughs> and and it was just yeah, it was just dead really. Everyone. Was obviously saving themselves for West Brom shot. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I mean, I know I was, <laughs> but in all seriousness, you make a, a very good point, and I, I also, you know, noticed it how flat it was. I wasn't in my normal seat in the corner yesterday, and I did spot, I did spot you, like, did you from a distance? <laughs> 
Um, you have your binoculars. <laughs> Just not a million, ma- <laughs> a million miles away from Gareth Southgate, who, when he left, he left, like, really early. So he missed the front last five minutes. Um, <laughs> and, uh, I mean, what he was doing at this game, I've no idea. But Probably watching Nick Pope. Yeah, just consistently yeah. kick the ball out of touch. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, when Gareth Southgate left, he obviously went because my seat is like, well, I'm not sure where it is, but it's pretty close to where Lee Charney and if Mike Ashley will ever goes to a game, which is very rare these days. I think he's only at Rochdale this season. Um, it's just above them. And uh, when Southgate left, you know, he's pleasantries and shakes people's hand. And he shook Justin Barnes's hand, and I'd love to know how they introduced Justin Barnes. Could you remember remember the club say he has no formal role in Newcastle United? It's just like is this this is my friend Justin. <laughs> he comes to the games. Dog's body. Or is, or is it this is the guy who has a serious influence in running Newcastle United? Who knows? But anyway, <laughs> I don't even, I don't even know how we got at this. Yes. The atmosphere is dreadful, but I think I think you nailed it earlier, Adam, when you said I think people went to that game just no more wouldn't score. Like regardless mm. of formation changes. The fact that they're just new. Everyone just new. So it's like you can't even get that excited about attacks. I mean, that chance for Richie and Shelby at the end was just like any other Premier League team would at least work the goalkeeper there. Anyone. And we didn't even do that. And yeah, I think, again, Burnley did defend quite well yesterday and they got themselves in front of a lot of stuff. Um, they defend with numbers. You know when Dwight Gale has that overhead kick? If you notice, there's two Burnley players on the line. From just like that's just like a cross in the box. It's two Burnley players on the line. Like it's like they're defending a corner, but from open play. That's how defensive <laughs> they are. But I think I think everyone's just sick of it. And this is this is the problem that I've talked about. Like there's so much deja vu this season for myself, who's been doing the podcast a little bit longer than you two. Where we just we just talk about the same things every single season. The personnel change, the players. Some of them change. I mean, we had five players yesterday, by the way, from who played in the championship. Mental. Absolutely mental. Well, that's it. Like, I, I was going to make that point. A front four that's still included Dwight Gale and Matt Ritchie. Like, that's... John Joe Shelby as a kid. That's insane. Well, I, I was, just to follow on from, like, you know, that whole the atmosphere thing. Like, yesterday, I purposely didn't leave the house until, like, the, the last moment. And I got into the stadium within, like, inside 10 minutes of, of kickoff. Because I just couldn't, I just couldn't be bothered with it. I, I stayed. It was really, it was really fucking cold yesterday. I stayed in, had a drink, and I and I and I left at the latest possible time. Like I just, I can't even be bothered with the whole socialising thing anymore. Because I just, I, it's almost just like I wanted to go, get it done, and come home. And it shouldn't be like that. I want to, yeah. I want to enjoy Saturday. it. <laughs> I know. I want. Yeah, exactly. I want to enjoy it, but I knew that it wouldn't be exciting. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't want to be right about that. I want to be surprised. I want to go and be like, oh, bloody hell, we'll just turn them over 3-0. So glad I came. But I wasn't. And, and then that's that's the thing, isn't it? You, even the, the small positives I was able to take from yesterday, Watford going to beat Liverpool 3-0. Mm. Do you know what I mean? So, like, puts it into context somewhat, doesn't it? Um, and I, I just think, I honestly think that we are headed to to a point where it's be- going to become very, very difficult for them to, for them to get anywhere near the number of people into that ground in the future, even if the tickets are free. Uh, it's 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 almost, if it hasn't already been for a long time, but particularly since the last manager left, it's you, you reap what you sow, and if you want to get a manager who wouldn't have got any other Premier League job, a manager who thought that it was a joke when his agent told him, you, you're going to have to deal with the inevitable consequences, and as positive as we, I think, have tried to be this season, and we're trying to accentuate positive things when they happen in on sometimes we do podcasts like the last few where we're very, very negative. Even people who are willing to give it a chance of of have pretty much come to the conclusion now. See Bruce isn't 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 a capable enough manager at this level. The fact that we didn't sign a striker when we issue was goal scoring in January um is negligent and it's it's negligent, it's heuristic, it's everything that we've labelled at the club in the past twelve years, nothing has really changed, has it? Because to to insist there was no one like out there better than Joe Linton and Dwight Gale because it looks like Annie Carroll might not play again and Muto the, the the don't you know he's hardly kicked the ball this season but he's been fit he was fit the first four months of the season for them to say that there, w- there was no better options out there and to not go and buy a proper Premier League striker or even someone like Jared Bone by the way who scored for West Ham yesterday lovely finish yeah um it, like now it's really changed and. Even if everything does go to plan and we do pick up three more wins, or even if we get to an FA Cup quarter final or semi, 
you're still gonna fear you're gonna fear that the same because the same mistakes are made every single season almost that will will never improve will never be the club that were we should be and until the people who run the club realize that like the the, the huge errors that are con- that continue to be made on and off the pitch i think we'll be sat here and march the first 2021 talking about the same things unfortunately I just what does concern me is this relegation picture because there are teams that are down there already i'll be i'll be quick don't worry. <laughs> there right. are te- there are teams down there already that have that have had an awful run of form they've had the shock to the system but there's now 10 games to, for them to get themselves out of it the danger the danger is teams that in the last 10 games of the season suddenly find themselves back in there when they thought they were safe and the, and the complacency sets in now look at Watford getting a great result at Liverpool I'm not going to say they're going to go on a big run but say they they win two of the next four games I would probably I would probably believe that they've got more chance of finishing above us which is in, which is, is insane to say if you could have thought that sort of like a month you know six weeks ago so what I worry is that the later that we enter, we start sleepwalking towards the relegation zone, that things actually become critical. Even even when it just all it'll take is a is it two wins, largely it'll take two wins between now and the end of the season again with winnable games for us to be safe, and we probably will be safe. But but if this rot doesn't stop, if we can't get three points, then there, there's teams that are pushing to get out. That gap's only going to get smaller. And suddenly, when you're in a position where shit, we're only two points above the relegation zone, are our players confident enough and mentally equipped to deal with that situation? I don't know. I hope so, but we're we're, we're close to things going. Yeah, yeah, that's fine. It's everything's safe. Or fuck, we're in trouble here. So that I'm just cons- I'm concerned about that. I'm concerned about the picture below us in the league now. Well, well, I think Adam, that's a nice little. Leading to, we're doing a full relegation picture podcast this week for parents, looking at the fixtures, working out who's going to be two and and when and if Newcastle are going to go down. Uh, me and Charlotte are at West Brom, and you are, and me. but you won't be podcasting immediately after it. We don't think, but me, Charlotte, and potentially some others will be on Tuesday. So listen out for that, and hopefully, I mean the FA Cup. It's important. We've got a full West Brom preview for parents as well. Um, you know, there can be a lot of good goodwill created for the manager. Um, from a good result and a good performance on mm-hmm. Tuesday, and like we've always said last week, it's in it's in their hands. It's not it's not an impossible task to go to West Brom and win, nor is it an impossible task to go to Southampton and win. Southampton have had a couple of shaky results after some really good form. We should be going to St Mary's next Saturday, and 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 having a real go at them and 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 getting something out of that game. I think we've just about covered everything. Unless mm-hmm. there's anything else anyone wants to desperately say. Uh, so th- my thanks to Charlotte and Adam and thanks to all of you for listening to the True Faith podcast. Speak to you all again very soon. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.